welcome to Conversation. One word, capital D. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Conversation. I'm titling this one Sunday Segway because I can. I think it's for the pleasure. I've been pretty active on Twitter this week, more so than normal as far as uh, interacting posting podcast content. And that pretty much kind of explains why there's more stuff than normal on my Twitter. Because I've been having really good extended threads with people. Um, I had initially today wanted to address and expound upon one particular thread I was having that was uh, kind of Christian theology worldview stuff, but I'm seeing a bunch. I've, I've been seeing a bunch of other stuff that I think is also possibly equally worthy of addressing. So this is probably going to end up being um, several topics uh, from a biblical Christian worldview. Uh, one of them is going to be. Biblical view, Christian worldview on gender. Again, I'm going to try to do my best to present this to the best of my understanding and as accurately as possible. And this is not in any way intended to be Bible thumping, but I am going to need to try to show you from Scripture the logic behind the different thought, behind the thought processes and opinions and views that. Be, I'm going to try to quickly deal with the some of the tweets I've been reading um, about. There's a little bit of a thread about how Christianity can be. Christians have the ability to dis- to to have a disagreement and kind of defeat the revolution. I don't think. Any, you're not going to find any scripture that says a woman has the right to kill a child inside her womb or otherwise. Now you can get into, you can get easily derailed in the argument over whether the Bible is a reliable and accurate source. And my quickest way to explain this to people who might disagree is you look at the verse 
in Second Timothy, I believe it's ch chapter 3, verse 16, where it talks about all Scripture being God-breathed or God-inspired and useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness. Right, and then the, the counter the counter often to saying that Scripture is accurate because it was inspired God. Well, it was written by men. No. It's true. It was written by men through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And if you want to talk about it being done incorrectly or miscopied or what, the one thing that God is extremely good at himself and defending his glory and nature and character which is a lot of what is shown and seen in scripture right? many people um, uh, I believe Lee Strubel was one he came to faith through a process of trying to disprove scriptural uh, uh, the scriptural account of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Um, you see a lot in um, archaeology finds that people come up with as far as uh, scrolls and cities and other stuff that's exactly as the Bible describes it. I dare you to name me one other book that has that much accuracy. You can't. I, I don't, I really don't think you can. Now, if you want to going off of the Timothy verse and taking the veracity of the fact that scripture is entirely accurate because God is the one who through the spirit has dictated it to us by using men who the, the vessel then everything that's in scripture is something that he specifically has said or wants us to know so when you look at things like Psalms, knit me together in my mother's womb I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made you could paraphrase that for God to say, I knit you together in the womb of your mother, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. So God is saying, I am the one who is cre creating and designing this life. 
model life or any other argument you want to put out there is just completely counter to biblical scripture, to God's to God's claims. That's why abortion is completely abhorrent to anyone who is a legitimate Christian. Now you can get into the to the debate we could easily get into the debate about okay, what about if the life of the mother is in danger? This is where I think there's a, a, a different faith question, but ultimately I think that you have to come to the understanding and submission to God's sovereignty over both the life of the mother and the life of the child in the womb. So you, I would hope that a, a Christian woman who, or any woman who has a, has an abortion that uh, not ha- also realizes that God is, extre- God is forgiving. That if you are a woman who is having a tough pregnancy, who's a Christian, the biblical God's question to you is, are you going to trust me? To bring about the ultimate good regardless of whether regardless of the risk of the baby killing you, the baby dying, Stillborn. I don't think there's no, I don't think there's any other scriptural way to to look at that process. Um, and then people want to talk about an exception for rape. I think that's also There's no biblical support for abortion because of uh, due to of a pregnancy due to rape, um, because again, that's more or less telling God you don't care about His sovereignty, and it's also. creating a second it, it's just like the case it's rape is sin, sin and obviously wrong but so is under God's moral standard is the murder of a child in the womb or so you have to so in that case you have to find a way don't let the, the person somebody else's sin cause you to sin We, 
the argument for for abortion because of pregnancy out of rape is I don't think a really good one because you're essentially you're arguing that because someone sinned against you, you have a free pass to commit a sin against what is being created, the life that God is creating. I, I don't really see any other way. I don't see a, a way around that because we are supposed to submit ultimately to God's sovereignty and what He tells us is the correct way to do things. Because as beings who are created in His image, though we are fallen with the sinful nature and we come back to the grace of Christ and the recognition of what He did, we still have somewhat of a fallen nature, so we need to realize that whole thing. It's an argument. I, I don't see how you can get around that. It's really... Picking back up, if you want to have a biblical perspective, if you want to carry out a Christian perspective, you have to ultimately submit your views, your opinions, your everything is supposed to be put in line with God's standards and what God has said. Ultimately, I think a lot of us have, to some extent, varying ways of interpreting it and applying them. That's not to say all of them are inherently un uh, wrong and unbiblical. I think that's one of the ways that God designed it. Is there's a lot of I think there's a lot of correct ways to express things within the confines of how God designed things. There's a lot of things that we don't necessarily know or that we can necessarily say it's one way or the other. I think there's some cases where there's room to disagree is because ultimately God's the one who is going to have to clarify. Now, if you're talking about gender, I think the only correct biblical interpretation is those are not 
an and, or they're not two different things. Gender and sex are the same thing, as far as biology. God created two sexes. You see that in Genesis. You don't see that. He designed them as, in his image, which, again, we are fallen, so we don't reflect that image perfectly, but his being made in his image means there's a beautiful variety, yet a singleness. That, is, that we were meant to reflect his perfect moral nature. And both the diversity and the oneness of the nature of the, the Trinity and how they God is three and one. In Genesis he says, two, when he talks about marriage, he talks about the two becoming one flesh. And how woman was made from man, the rib of man. And to that implies that everything that is considered predominantly to belong to one sex as far as the way they emote and and express themselves or act, actually probably is more of a tradition from a society that has been corrupted by sin. Uh, you can find a lot of, you can find women who love to rough house, you can find men who love to who, who are really empathetic and understanding and intimate. That's not to say that God made a man to sin is what corrupts the view. If you're a man who believes that you were made wrongly, you're telling God that he made a mistake. To, to, to say that you you made that God made a mistake and that you're a that you identify more as a woman and that you want to become a woman that's sin. I, I don't know that necessarily identifying more with certain aspects of women as far as the, you know, the emotions and the, you know, like I said, I think God designed both sexes to have those. I think it's the corrupt nature of our thought process and societal culture that say men should look like and act like this and women should look like and act like this. I don't think that is a biblically correct way of looking at it.
do think, however, that God has in scripture that God distinctly has given particular roles or, func or functions to a specific sex and there's, uh, and there's always specific reasons. Um, you can see that in Ephesians and other places where God talks about men being the spiritual leaders There's a complementary voluntary sacrifice system, sacrificial system, in that's done out of love between men and women. And not be it, it's it's not because of obligation, it's out of an understanding of the way that God designed it. biggest misstatements that I think a lot of Christians and non-Christians make is not understanding or just is to not submit to God idea of rejecting or walking away from God because we can't reconcile things that seem to be opposite or that we can't understand if God's this then why this would this happen, or why would he do this, or why would he, why would he not do this? So I think a lot of times we walk away from God because we don't understand, and we get upset. tell God I'm not okay with this idea when I I've come to several places in my life where I've had to go okay
get it. I don't understand it. been seeing a little bit, and this is something that I'll talk about more in a, I think, a, a cultural, social way within the last couple podcasts about Hitler. I saw a tweet recently where it asked about, they basically was making an, argue, uh, an argument or a question about God putting Hitler in power, and, all, and, but, and I'm not exactly sure what the phrasing was, I'd have to look it up, but I think it's actually pretty simple. Oh, I know what it was. It was a, it was an art, it was a, dis a, a disagreement, I think, over the scripture that talks about God raising up kings and just deposing them. And people not understanding how leaders who are considered evil historically It's a not it's not being able to understand or being okay with God's sovereignty and I think it's all but I think it's also of not recognizing how man's free will plays a part within God's sovereignty over all things. You don't even need to look very far to, to see an act of scripture. You can read that in Romans, how God gives us over to, you know, if we refuse to follow God and engage in, in sin, he will let us. While God is ultimately sovereign, part of our created nature and 
reflected at the end, is our free will to make moral choices. And because of our, because of this, because of sin and our fallen nature, a lot of times our free will causes us to make choices that are not. That doesn't mean we have overthrown his ultimate sovereignty. As a parent, you allow your child to make mistakes. Does that take away your sovereignty as a choice whether or not to act in accordance with those. great example, but I think it's a relatable example. And to some degree, people walking away from God because of just things like not being able to understand why Hitler ended up in power or why God allowed someone they cared about to die. Or I cannot comprehend how anyone who truly understands God someone would do it, but it is to me, even though there's times where I struggle with, like, find things that I don't understand or that mm, I don't get, I think about to go, okay, you're God, I'm not.
you are not required to give me an answer to this thing that I'm wrestling with, or that I can't figure out. So help me Back to how can, how and why God might God put or allowed Hitler to be in power. From a Christian biblical theological worldview, this is a bit extraneous because I don't know that it's provable. I think there's some logic to it, but. Um, you look to me I start with looking at the effect the ultimate outcome of what happened which is that God brought the, na uh, the nation of Israel back to the land that he had given them centuries of over the centuries and we're not coming back to the land that God had given them and that's one of God's many promises in scripture is that he's always going to bring them back to the land that he gave them always going to bring the remnant back. And if God can't keep that promise, then he's not God. There might be more to that, but I think the basic point is God created a, or God allowed for
happened so that the nation of Israel that he chose would come back that even when Moses was leading them out of Egypt, they always complained about it was better somewhat, they always complained that it was better back where, where they had been previously. I think you see some of that when they were carried off to, uh, to Babylon. is always for his children to come home. For his people to come home. Some of you are wondering how I might come to that conclusion about God finding a way to save his people and bring them home. Oh, something that was evil could possibly have a role in that. We can look back at the, the story of Joseph, for one, I think, was what, you, what was. Some of this might be, some, a lot of this for me is 
first up, I've always thought that I've uh, necessarily thought all the way through, but this book like John was speaking to me traversing to try to think it through. Some of it is stuff I haven't even really necessarily thought of before. It's just conclusions I'm coming to as I'm talking about it. We can move on to all sorts of different views, but it is really interesting to see that both in a social cultural context and in a religious context. And you can So maybe take another look. You might find that you understand something new. In light of understanding what scripture is and how God uses it.
doesn't mean that you have to be a spiritual or theological titan to, to understand things or to come to a place where you're able to speak to them. I think this idea of the academia from Bible school or whatever is I don't think you really I think it's become too much of a Western and uh, invasion of culture I don't think you need to have a degree from a Bible school to be able to speak truth about something or knowledgeably about something. I think what you need is humility, an honest, uh, a willing ear to listen to people, a desire to be back and look to come to your own understanding within a biblical context and to the best of a biblical understanding. to be able to, and then be able to share it, not in the, I'm right, you're wrong, but in the, this is what God showed me about this, or God helped me understand. both opinions. Um, and we need to recognize that, that sometimes there is multiple opinions and
I get how people can believe that. Some people believe that Christianity is a religion. I don't necessarily completely agree with that. Religion in the context of when a bunch of us gather together. Christianity, I think, is complex because it's deeply, it's a deeply personal, spiritual relationship. But it's also a community brought together by the core common shared belief. relationship with him. In the way that he's that we did that Adam and Eve did in the garden so we can be in his presence. And the Bible People discredit things because they understand what it implies and what it is. And so my hope is that you'll Hopefully, an open mind and understand. It speaks to. It's a story. It's a lip. It's a. It's a story that's still ongoing. It's. It's. It's history. It's culture. It's social. It's a story about 
social things and how they are all a, a part of God's design and nature when he created us. So when we recognize that and we recognize sin, can we get back or closer to the way that he designed these things to work? How can we live in submission to the way that he designed things to function? And the way that he says things to be? So I think that is going to be it for today.